one year and out the other uh, for some of us. I heard about a woman who told her husband, my New Year's resolution this year is to be less controlling. Then she looked at her husband and said, here's your list, get to it, all right? Resolutions are almost understood as promises that are made to be broken. Someone said New Year's resolutions are the to-do list for the first week of January. And uh, that's a lot of truth in that if you've made a lot of resolutions. My New Year's resolution is to stop procrastinating. And that starts next week. I'm excited about that. Amen. I like the idea of goals better. Goals rather than the word resolutions. As the old year winds down, I think it's wise for us to reflect on what we have learned, what we could have done different, what we could have done better. Both personally and professionally, I've always thought that it was important that we set goals and that we cast a vision. When you set a goal, you do not set a goal planning to fail, you set a goal planning to succeed. That's why we set goals. And so as the old year winds down, it is time for us, I think appropriate for us to look at what we have failed at, what we could do better. Uh, today marks the opening of a new book. Its pages are blank. We are the ones that are going to write within it. This book has uh, 20, uh, 365 pages. It's called 2023, and we are on page one. That's the whole purpose of goals, to do better, to accomplish more. And I want to talk today about that very thing as we unveil today, as you've seen, our theme for the year is to impact. Are we ready, boys, or is that going to work or not? We think so. Why don't we start that video? I, I, uh, Pastor Nick put a lot of work into it. Amen. One thing for us to remember is that each and every one of us have an impact. Read with me along uh, in Matthew 28, 20, if you would. Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. That is our theme verse uh, for this year. It's also the memory verse that we put in the bulletin today, so hopefully you'll learn it. And uh, it is what we call the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28. Verse number 20, all right, the Bible says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. Impact is our challenge today. Father, I pray you'd help us as we unfold this and unpack what you have for us today. May you challenge each and every one of us in a special way. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. As we enter the new year, it's a good thing to consider. What will God do for us this year and through us this year? What is God's will for our church? What is God's will for us as individuals? There's probably as many answers to that question as there are people in this auditorium this morning. But on this first Sunday of the year, I want to set forth a vision for our church, what we want to do this year, some of the things we want to be involved in, and uh, just not only for our church, but for each and every one of us as individuals. Because every one of us is an impacted person. We are what we are much because of the environments we've been in and how we were raised. Each one of us struggles with different things and many of us have victories in certain areas of our life because of the past that we have and the influence that we've had. If you're a kind person, you probably had a kind influence growing up. If you're an angry person, more than likely at some point you were surrounded by angry people. Even many people struggle with alcoholism because they were raised around that type of environment. We are an impacted people. We make many of our purchase decisions 
based on commercials and branding. Now, I hear people say once in a while, commercials have no effect on me. Oh, yes, they do. They have effect on all of us. Uh, commercials and branding have much effect on us. We are impacted in that way. Uh, there's a number of off-brand, I'm not a big Mountain Dew fan, but there's a, a number of off-brand Mountain Dews that, you, uh, that I have tried. You maybe have tried some of these as well. Here's a few of them. Mountain Mist, Mountain Frost, Mount Rapids, Mountain W, and there's even one called Mountain Shouten. Haven't tried that one yet. But if I asked you today, without trying any of those, that you stack Mountain Dew up against them, which one of them will probably taste better? I think most of us would choose Mountain Dew without having to try it. Why is that? Branding. Commercials. We're used to it. We hear about it. It's uh, very successful. People have uh, tried that and had it and drank it for years. And so we are impacted people, both positively and negatively. This leads you to make a choice in your life. Will you live this year as an impacted person or will you be an impact person? That's the challenge for you today. Pat Tillman was a safety with the Arizona Cardinals. He was one of the brightest stars in the NFL. He finished fourth in the NFL in tackles in his third season. He was offered a $3.6 million contract uh, from the Arizona Cardinals and he really had it all. I mean, he had a, uh, the hold on the American dream, if you will. He had an exciting football career and a promising future. But something happened on September 11, 2001, that changed him on the inside. Uh, it changed the world, but it also changed Pat Tillman. When terrorists flew airplanes into our towers, uh, the World Trade Center, Tillman realized what was really important. He felt the call of something bigger than himself. And so he turned down the contract that was offered to him, and he joined the U.S. Army. He sacrificed personal comfort to make a bigger impact. On April 22, 2004, Pat Tillman was killed in a firefight in Afghanistan. He was awarded the Purple Heart and the Silver Star, and posthumously he was uh, promoted to corporal. They, were, they interviewed many people about him, and one of the people they interviewed was his former sports agent, and this is what he said about Corporal Tillman. They talk about being an impact player in football, but Pat was an impact person. I'd like to ask you this morning, are you an impact person? Do you do things for the sake of personal benefit, or do you do what you do to impact another person for eternity. Now, I would dare say that everyone wants to make an impact. If I went around this morning and asked each person individually, I would probably come up with a pretty much 100%. Uh, people would say, I would like to make an impact. Now, what does that really mean, to make an impact? So I would like to do something. I would like to say something. I would like to be something that not only uh, do other people uh, give, not only does it grasp other people's attention, but it actually makes a difference in their lives. You see, this is something that will not just happen. It's not going to fall into your lap. Impact is a result of wanting to make a difference and coupled with the action that you take to do so. Let me just break it down even shorter than that. Wanting to make a difference, no impact. Uh, Wanting to make a difference and taking an action to do so, 
you can have a great impact. But it requires effort. It's not just going to happen. The question is not, do you want to make a positive impact on another person? My question for you this morning, specifically, when is the last time you made a positive impact on another person? If you make an impact, it's going to be on purpose. It's not going to just happen. Look at the opportunities that you have this coming week. In fact, let's not look down 2023 yet. Let's not look further down the future. Just this week. What uh, opportunity do you have this week to make an impact on someone else positively? The question is, what can you do right now to have an impact on someone else? As a pastor, it's very important to me that our church family, our church body here has an impact in the community that we're in. For that reason, we do many things to try to, uh, to, to do that very thing. We go, we pass out flyers, we have special community days, we have uh, different events, uh, we feed the firemen every year. In fact, we have one with us this morning, my friend Brett, and that's how we met, isn't it? The first time that, uh, that we met was at one of those fireman feeds. And so uh, we, we want to, our, see the job of a church is not only to impact the church, the job of the church is to impact the community and the world around us. This week, not that I'm going, I just, out of curiosity and for the sake of this illustration, I checked on the prices of tickets for the Vikings. And if I was to go to a Vikings game, I would pay around $125 to $200, over $200 to go to a Vikings game. Uh, if I went to a game, I would not pay that $150 or $200 to watch the team in a huddle. Am I, would you agree with that? Now, is the huddle important? Absolutely. They need to huddle, but I'm not there to watch them huddle. People that go to a Vikings game who pay $175 for a ticket are not there to see the huddle. They are there to see the result of the huddle. Uh, what people pay for is to see what difference the huddle makes on that team. Does the play that they decided upon in secret is that going to make a difference in real life? Now, right now, here sitting amongst ourselves today, we are in our huddle, if you will. But for many people, this is the whole game. This is all they do. Their whole extent of their Christian life is, I go to church on Sunday. But this isn't all the Christian life is, folks. This is just the huddle. And people want to know what the result of that huddle is going to be. If we're going to make an impact with this church and with ourselves and our individual testimonies, it's not going to be just because we come together and have a huddle. It's what the result of that huddle is going to be. What's that going to impact others? Jesus said in Matthew 5, 13, Ye are the salt of the earth. And can I tell you today, friends, salt is great, isn't it? Isn't salt wonderful? I'm so glad doctors are such in support of salt. Amen? Uh, but salt does no good if it stays inside the shaker. It needs to get out of the shaker to flavor. It needs to get out of the shaker to make an impact in uh, the food around it. So the challenge for our church today is not what we do on Sunday. What matters is what we do when we break this huddle and get out into the game. When life's troubles and tragedies hit you, how do you respond? When it seems like you're being tackled from every side, left and right, uh, by troubles, what do you lean on? There are people that are watching you. What difference does it make that you're a Christian? That's the impact you'll make on others. What impact are you making? One of the problems is that we probably don't feel like we're in a real position to make that much of an impact. And you might be in here today and you might 
and, and hearing these type of words you might see, you don't understand, Pastor, I'm a nobody. I can't make a big impact. Let me ask you if you've ever heard of this name, Humphrey Monmouth. Let's just out of interest, who knows who Humphrey Monmouth is? You can't raise your hand because you're going to have to actually tell me who he is, okay? No, and it's okay. I wouldn't expect anybody to know his name, but he had a major impact on the cause of Christ. When William Tyndale was one of the original men who began to translate the Bible into English, and his purpose was that so everyone, even the common man, could have a copy of the Word of God and be able to read. Do you know how fortunate we are to hold this book in our hands? And not only that, not only do each one of us probably have a Bible or multiple copies of the Bible in our homes. We have it on our phones. We have it on our computers. It is readily available to us. Not only do we have it uh, able to read it on our phones, we can push a button and have somebody else read it to us. Uh, we're, we're blessed today with having the Word of God. Don't squander that opportunity, amen? Read it and get into it. But anyway, William Tyndale was about the project of bringing the Bible into English so people would be able to have it. But the problem was this was highly illegal. Uh, he would be prisoned, imprisoned, or tortured, or even killed for what he was doing. And so he had to do it in secret, and he had to go to another country to do so. Monmouth understood the impact of what it would mean for people to have the Word of God in their homes and be able to read the Scripture for themselves. He was a wealthy cloth merchant and a successful businessman. And he is the one that sponsored financially and supported Tyndale, all his expenses paid while he did the translating of the Holy Scriptures into English. Then he used his connections to smuggle all these thousands of newly printed Bibles from Germany back into England. Thousands and thousands of Bibles were printed and put into people's hands, largely in, on the behalf of this man's generosity and courage. But he's now a forgotten businessman. But he made an impact. Not only did he make an impact then, he made an impact in what we have right now and what we are able to have with the Word of God. He was instrumental. If you do some reading about uh, history in the Dark Ages, I believe one of the biggest reasons we got out of the dark ages was the word of God got into people's hands. And he was part of that. And he was involved in that. He made a tremendous impact. And he was a nobody. Nobody knows his name. But every time you pick up your Bible, every time you open it and read it, part of that reason of, that you can do so today is because of a man named William Monmouth. You can make an impact, friend. You just be faithful to what God wants you to do. Your impact may not be earth-shattering but you can be faithful and obedient to God. Look for ways that you can make a difference in the lives of others and you'll make an impact. Uh, Jude verses, uh, verse 22, chapter 1, verse 22, and of some having compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. I'm glad somebody loved me enough to give me the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm glad somebody loved my family enough to over and over come and witness to my dad and take this Bible and show him uh, we were seeped in religion and a dead-end religion going nowhere, but we were not saved. We were not children of God. We were religious, but not Christians. And this man faithfully came, uh, Carl Hasty, and over and over gave the gospel to my dad until my dad accepted Christ as his Savior. And then I started to hear the truth of the gospel of how I can be as good as I want to be, but I'll never be good enough. 
I can do as much as I can, but I'll never do enough. I can stack up as many good works as possible, but my good works will never, ever, ever outweigh my bad works. The only way I'll ever see heaven, the only way I'll ever be a child of God is through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. There's nothing that I can do. There's no baptism, no church membership, nothing that I can do to earn that myself. That's why the Bible says in Romans chapter uh, 6, verse 23, for the wages of sin is death. Oh, wait, there's something I earn. I do earn my death because of my sin. That's the wage of all of our sin. We die. And so that's something we earn. But, he says, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There is nothing, friend, you can do. There is no amount of good works you can stack up that will outweigh your bad works. It is only through the gift on the cross of Calvary that God, that Jesus paid for your sin. And we accept him as our Savior. That is, And I'm glad somebody loved me enough to give me that message. I'm glad somebody impacted the world through the gospel and uh, grateful for that. Some of your greatest impact will come just from doing what you should do, just being faithful to God every day of your life. Jonathan Edwards was a great preacher in the 1700s. Uh, he was one of the preachers that sparked the Great, great Awakening revival. He was one of the greatest preachers that was ever given to America. He lived in New York. He was a Christian a strong Christian and believed in training his children for Christ and doing it uh, with a Bible in his hand, God's way. He married a godly girl who believed like he did, and they raised a family for God. They had 1,394 descendants, not directly. This is after several generations, you understand. Uh, th uh, 1,394 descendants, and out of those, 13 were college presidents, 65 were college professors, 30 were judges, 100 lawyers, 60 doctors, 75 military officers, 100 preachers, 60 prominent authors, one vice president and three United States congressmen. There was a state governor and a United States ambassador as well. And his family, all the way down, generation after generation, never cost the state of New York one dollar. Close to where... Jonathan Edwards lived, lived another man named Max Jukes. Max Jukes was a wicked man, not a Christian. He was a man of poor character, and he married someone of like poor character. They were anti-God, did not believe in raising their family for the Lord. They had 1,026 descendants that were studied. 300 died prematurely. 100 were sent to a penitentiary for an average of 13 years. 190 were public prostitutes. There were a hundred drunkards in this line, seven murderers. This family cost the state of New York in the 1700s $1.2 million, and they made no helpful contribution to society. You see the difference in that? One was ungodly, lived an ungodly life, and had a detrimental effect on his descendants. One of them lived a godly life and had a tremendous positive influence on his descendants, but it went much further than that. Not only did he impact those in his own family that came after them, they greatly impacted the world around them. What kind of impact will your life have on others? It must be purposeful. It's not just going to happen. If your presence does not make an impact, then your absence won't make a difference either. We need to make an impact. 
I came across a formula that I wanted to share with you today. If you want to throw that up, I uh, put a picture of that back there for him. It's a mathematics formula. And in mathematics, a formula is something that is expressed in terms of symbols. These are equations, equalities, inequalities, identities, and such a thing. We'll call this, I guess, today our relational formula for impact. Who likes algebra like me? Amen. Nobody that's normal likes algebra, all right? Uh, we even didn't let Brother Howard come today because he was a math teacher. Uh, I'm just kidding. He's ill. Please, please play for Howard, Howard and Norman. But uh, we uh, I never, ever was a fan of algebra. In fact, if I had a dollar for every time algebra helped me in my life, I'd have X dollars. I just never figured out what X was. So, um, But for those of you who are those rare, odd algebra fans, this is going to be our uh, relational formula today. HP plus CP plus CC equals MI. HP simply stands for high potency. This means we ought to be a good example. Uh, this means letting your light shine brightly in your everyday life. This is the understanding that those who live in darkness are drawn to light. It's just a natural thing. If you ever wonder what the Bible's talking about, that we ought to always be ready to give an answer, is because people will be asking if we live for God. If we have the right kind of testimony, we desire to make an impact. So we need to be that light. Not a flickering candle, but a high-potency light. Lose your temper and, and curse in public, you lose some of that potency. Pass judgment on people and have a superior, holier-than-thou attitude with others, you start to lose some more of that light. Gossip about your friends and neighbors, you become like a cam uh, candle flickering in the wind. We need to be a high-potency light in the world around us, a spotlight, if you will, uh, for, for the Lord Jesus Christ. And then CP. CP stands for close proximity. Simply put, shining your light at church is good, but that's not enough. Uh, being a Christian around other Christians is great, but that's not going to get the job done. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and set it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light to all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Shine your light in your home. Shine your light at work. Shine your light in your community. Do what Jesus did. Do not insulate yourself from those that are so desperately in need of the gospel. Get around lost people. Shine the light of the gospel to them. Get, enough, get close enough to others that they can see your light shine uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to be in close proximity or it'll do no good. And then CC. CC stands for clear communication. If you're going to make an impact, don't be afraid to clearly communicate the truth. We are in a world today who is screaming for answers. And we have whispering Christians who don't either feel comfortable or I don't want to feel like I'm cramming the word of God down their throat. Or By the way, does CNN not cram their junk down our throats? Oh yeah. It's all right to be vocal. It's all right to give the, uh, the truth from the word of God to people. It's okay. And we need to be clear about that. Uh, if we, we, in the gospel, listen to this, in the gospel, we have the key to everlasting life in our hands. 
and we have people all around us who are dying and going to a Christless hell and we won't say anything, clear communication will make an impact. In 1 Corinthians 3, 2, Paul told the church, Ye are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read of all men. In other words, what he's saying there is you, and this is true for all of us, you are the only Bible that some people will read. They're not going home and picking this book up. They're not opening the app on their phone. They're just living life, watching TV, doing their thing. And the only Bible they'll ever get, for some people, is you. Now let me ask, when they look at you, what are they reading? I guess you could say, what version are they getting when they read you as the only Bible that they'll see? Oh, it's so important that we make an impact for the Lord Jesus Christ. You can affect the eternal destination of people's souls. Communicate it. Communicate it. If you want to make an impact, you'll do that very thing. God, in His wisdom, bypassed all the angels of heaven to come to you and I, and we are the ones responsible for giving the message of the gospel of salvation to the folks around us. Uh, That was in God's wisdom. I ask you, who are you going to impact for God in 2023? HP, high potency. CP, close proximity. CC, clear communication. Only then will you have maximum impact. That's what we need in this world. We need God's people to make a difference. We need each and every one of us in here determined that this year we're going to make an impact on the folks around us. And when we do that collectively, it'll make a difference. One year ago, we unveiled the theme Grow. And that was my goal for this year. We did not want to be stagnant in our Christian life. We wanted to grow. And so we started the year out with some goals. I'm going to review them now, and then I'll talk about some we have for this coming year as well. Uh, Here are some of the goals we started the year with. One year ago this week, I stood here and we talked about these different things that we hope to accomplish this year. Number one was a youth pastor. What a blessing it's been to have the Felts here this year. Amen? Been such a help and such an encouragement to our young people. And financially, that was a little bit of a step of faith for our church. But how God has rewarded us taking that step. Having them here as co-laborers has been such a tremendous blessing. And I'm excited to see what God will continue to do. Our second goal was that we would do a a trip. Specifically, we did a creation museum and art trip. We went on this trip in April, and it was a marvelous time, other than Brother West being a bit of a handful. We had a great time, enjoyed ourselves immensely. Amen. Number three, we set a goal for lobby construction. Hasn't that been a blessing? Amen. We're able to stand out there without doing this anymore. We can talk. We can spend time together. We can fellowship. What a blessing it has been uh, to have that new lobby. Number four, we set a goal for campus ministry, and that's still, we haven't reached the heights we want to with that, but Pastor Nick and Miss Gabby have started a, a group that they call Focus, the Young Adults Bible Study, and they meet in their home. I'll be meeting actually this Friday night again. So uh, they meet, uh, and they've made an impact already, and we hope to reach more young adults that way. As always, we have an annual goal of a successful pastor's conference, and uh, we had probably the best one we've had yet. Uh, this last uh, November, we had men from South Dakota. Uh, we had them from Iowa, Nebraska, Minnesota, Missouri. Uh, they came from all over, and we had a wonderful time together. And then finally, and mainly, our goal was growth. I hope 
that you've seen growth in your Christian life in 2022. I hope you've, you're, you can look right now and say from this point here to one year ago today, I'm further along than I was. That's called growth. Amen. I hope you've seen that in your life. In 2022, 19 people joined our church family for a 20% increase to our church family. Is that a blessing? That's growth. Uh, we saw many of them baptized. We've seen other, them grow in their Christian life and others as well. Hopefully you have grown in your Christian life. Uh, if not, continue coming. Be faithful to church. Get involved and you will grow uh, as you get around God's people. Here's some 2023 goals that I have coming up for this year. <clears throat> Number one, first and foremost, impact. I want our church to make an impact. I, I like when I'm out and about and I either introduce myself or hand out a gospel track and somebody says, oh yes, I know your church. And they'll say sometimes, I know such and such that goes there. I know Rob, the Anguano that goes there. And I'll say, do you like Rob? You, know, you never know. You know, that might be a negative thing or that might be a positive thing. Uh, you, but uh, it's, it's uh, actually, I'm kidding. It's always positive. It's a blessing to see folks who know our church and have been blessed by our church and see our church reach out and make an impact to others. We will do so on purpose. It will not just happen, but that's our goal. Number two, this is a big one. I think it's another little bit of step of faith we want to take as a church family. This summer, I would like to bring two interns in, and we'll be talking about that on our first uh, or in our meeting in a few weeks here. <clears throat> but I'd like to bring in two interns for the summer. This will be a great help to our church. We've got a lot of things planned for them, but it'll also be a big investment on two young preacher boys that are going forward in their ministry. So we want to be a part of that uh, this summer. We also are planning another uh, trip in, in April. Uh, more details will come as we go through that, but uh, we're planning one in April, uh, middle of April, another prime timers trip that others are invited to as well. Uh, Lord willing, uh, number four, we will have new siding this spring. And uh, we've already put a deposit toward that, but that's one of our goals that will replace our siding. Uh, and then again, our pastor's conference. I'm looking forward already to our pastor's conference in November. Uh, we've done some work toward that already. We'll be doing more. We have Brother Scott Pauley coming to be our speaker then, and that'll be a blessing in, in November. And then number six, we want to put on our youth rally this year. We have two regional youth rallies, and this year we're going to host one of them. So Pastor Nick's putting that together for September this year. And uh, those are some of our goals that we have specifically for our church. But number one, primarily, is an impact. The world is making an impact on the church today. Of that, there is no doubt. I declare today, though, that I want to be one church that's making an impact on the world. The churches, there's enough churches being impacted by the world. We need more churches impacting the world. Not following after, but leading and bringing the gospel to a lost and dying world. If you want 2023 to be all that it can be, then the, here is the secret. I guarantee, friend, if you'll seek to impact someone every day, it'll set you up for success. Seek impact through servanthood. Every day, seek to impact someone by serving someone. Jesus said in Luke chapter 22, verse 27, whether, for whether it is greater, he that sitteth at meat, for he that serveth is not he that sitteth at meat, but I am among you as he that serveth. Every day seek to do for others what they cannot do for themselves. Benjamin Franklin said, No one is useless that lightens the burden of someone else. 
the best way that you can go uh, to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. Albert Schweitzer said, I don't know what your destiny will be, but this one thing I know, the ones among you who will be really happy are those who have sought and found how to serve. The happiest people in this world are not always the the, uh, most successful people, but those who have learned to serve the best. I've met many unhappy people. You have too. But I've never met an unhappy person who has given their life to serve and impact others. If you impact others, you'll find fulfillment in your life yourself. If 2023 is going to be an incredible year for you, you must ask yourself, friend, not what people can do for me, but what can I do to impact somebody else in their life? We must seek service over status. We have to seek responsibility over reward, character over comfort, and impact over indulgence. If you will impact people in 2023, I promise you that it will begin with inconvenience. People do not always develop around your schedule. The instant that you choose to to choose impact over indulgence, your whole life will begin to change. Your priorities will begin to transform. If you want 2023 to be all that it can be in your life, determined to make an impact, impacting others will not fall into your lap. It is a purposeful application of a personal commitment. I'm asking you today to make that commitment. Will you impact people this year? Will you determine to make an impact every week, maybe every day, at least every month of this year? Will you make an impact in someone's life? An indecisive person is like a blind man looking in a dark room for a black cat that isn't there, I've been told. And the world is full of indecisive people. You will not make an impact by accident. It's going to take a decision to do so. And if you don't know how, maybe you're here today, I have no idea where to begin. Make an appointment with me. I'll help you. I'll help you learn how you might make an impact on others. The prospect of your impact is looming before you, my friends. Will you seize it? Aspire to inspire before you expire. Make this 2023 your year of impact. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm going to have the pianist come forward today, friends. The challenge is very clear. We want to make an impact. We don't want to just float along life like some dead log in a river. We want to make a difference. We want to make an impact. Will you commit along with me to do so today? Will you maybe even come forward and get on your knees today and commit with God? Hey, Lord, this year, I don't want to be a slacker. I don't want to just exist. I want to change someone's life for you. I want to help someone else and make an impact on their life. Is that you today, friend? Would you stand along with me as she begins to play, heads bowed, eyes closed?